the nonprofit MBA purpose is to provide new business insights and fresh creative ideas for executive directors and their teams that will help them improve their organization. Here is your host, Stephen Holastnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Holastnik, and I am co-founder and managing partner of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions is the leading provider of lines of credit to nonprofits in the United States. Our line of credit program is easy, fast, inexpensive, and costs nothing until used, making a great cash backup plan. If you'd like to learn more about our program, please visit us at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. And if you decide to apply today, we will even give you a $250 credit on file. Or feel free to give us a call at 862-207-4118. Today, I am excited to be speaking with Ingrid Bredenberg from Bredenberg Associates. For over 25 years, Ingrid has worked with hundreds of leadership teams, as well as with consultants, coaches, and trainers. She brings expertise, creativity, and vitality to projects that require high-level alignment and commitment. Ingrid has a lot of experience in both nonprofit and for-profit industry industries, often involving the senior team and the board, which leads to her work in building trust and accountability and helping those organizations building trust and accountability. Ingrid, welcome to today's Nonprofit MBA podcast. Thanks so much, Stephen. So today's topic, you know, is when when you and I were originally talking about some topics, which I always ask my guests what they would like to talk about it. You know, it I just really thought it was such a great topic. It's the today's topic is strategic partnerships so your nonprofit can survive. And you know, we often hear about businesses potentially selling to other businesses. We hear about maybe businesses merging with other businesses, but we don't hear a lot about nonprofits um uh, looking to maybe partner or merging or, you know, trying to combine their work with other nonprofits, do we? No. And I think that's a shortcoming many times in which uh, nonprofits try to be all things to all people. And in the process, they, they dilute their mission and their effectiveness. Do you think that, um, you know, it's because you work in both sectors, the for-profit and the nonprofit sectors, do you think that you find that in general, for-profits are more creative than nonprofits or nonprofits are more creative than for-profits? Well, it's not the organizations that are creative or not. It's the people in them. So I think it has much more to do with the leadership, with the board and and what they're bringing to their organizations. One might think that that for-profits are more creative because they are competitive, but nonprofits do themselves a disservice to think that they don't have to think uh, like an, like entrepreneurs or like for-profit organizations. And frankly, I think they do a disservice by even calling themselves nonprofits. I prefer mission-driven or purpose-driven organizations because I'm going to put quotes around this, nonprofits actually can make profits or can make money. And it's the, uh, the mindset that leadership and staff uh, and board bring to it. And if they're bringing to this 
to their work that we can't make money, then they're missing opportunities to really serve their communities. I think so this year, I think this year in particular, 2020, uh, with all the challenges that we're facing right now, is the perfect opportunity for nonprofits or mission-driven organizations to really step back and take a look at what their mission really is and what their purpose really is. And if the one that they were founded on or that they've been operating on up until January 2020 uh, is still even relevant. And it's, 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 a, it's an opportunity to revisit it and perhaps pivot as many, many for-profit organizations are having to do. And, and it'd be a mistake to think we just have to kind of put our heads down into the wind and keep doing what we've been doing for, you know, the way we've always, already, always been doing it. Uh, they're missing an opportunity to be innovative and, and even survive because this is also a time when a lot of nonprofits simply are not surviving. So let's say, you know, Let's say we have a listener uh, right now who's like saying to himself, okay, strategic partnerships, you know, that's a new idea. I hadn't really thought about that. Kind of makes sense. But, you know, what are some of the things I would have to do to look or to consider strategic partnerships with other nonprofits? I mean, the first thing is, let's, even before we go there, well, let's answer that question first, and we'll come back to the other question I have. Well, I don't know what your your second question might be the one that I want to answer first. <laughs> but yeah. I would just say that you don't start with what are the first, what are the partnerships. It's it's really you have to look at the organization that you're in yeah. first. I knew and, you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is really uh, an opportunity for the board and the ED and the staff to really step back and say we have to 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 really look at ourselves again. Because the environment, the landscape is radically different. If Let's even look to see if our mission is still relevant and if our operations can deliver on our mission. And if we can't uh, in, with the staffing or the resources that we have, then what do we need to do? And so that begs uh, the question of, of strategic planning, and even before that, let's just do a, a, a gap analysis or a spot or SWOT analysis to really look at where are we. If you're if you're going to examine the landscape, you have to kind of look at where you are in that landscape first and foremost. And so, starting out, and this is a great opportunity to engage staff and board together, and perhaps other stakeholders as well, to really look at those internal strengths. And problems. I don't like to use weaknesses, but you know those strengths and problems, and really categorize or uh, inventory them, and that sort of current state, and then to look out outwardly, externally, and what are those opportunities and threats that the organization is going to have to uh, address or take advantage of, and in in identifying these, there's an oppor- There's also a gap that's going to show up. And so some planning, some short-term planning can start around what do we need to do, let's say in the next 18 months to just bridge that gap to uh, address uh, those threats and and strengthen those weaknesses uh, and also prepare to take advantage of whatever opportunities are seen. And I always like to engage staff and board together because the staff brings the on the ground perspective, the board should be bringing that higher level 
thinking as well. And when you have everybody in the room together, usually with a facilitator, that is a rich, rich conversation. And it's one that's not looking specifically for solutions yet. It's just really looking at what's going on right now. So that's one of the first steps. So let's look at the word strategic partnerships, because, I mean, I think there, there's, there could be more than just, you know, partnerships. It could also be, uh, yeah, I don't know the right terminology to use, but it could be where you actually are taking over. You, know, you could have another nonprofit take over your nonprofit. You could have you take over another nonprofit. There could be, you know, synergy and, and using back office together. Um, you know, when we talk about strategic partnerships, what are we talking about here? Well, you named it synergy and, and I would have just to, just to go a little further with what I was talking about before, um, once those gaps have been identified, then there's an opportunity to really do some, some bigger planning. And I like to, before we just quickly go into, well, where can we get the back office support or where can we get that outreach marketing or branding support from another, from a partnership? I think there's bigger opportunities. And the way I've worked with a lot of nonprofits is to really um, help the board and the staff get a, a much broader perspective by, by, by taking in, doing an environmental scan and looking at what is the landscape now? What do, what do we need to really be able to navigate our little nonprofit with X, you know, with whatever limited resources we have, what do we need to do to fulfill our mission? And so taking a really hard look first and foremost at the organization's strengths and problems itself, finding out where there are gaps and um, then getting a really clear picture. And there's a lot of ways to do that. And I'd be happy to explain that, but I won't, I'll, I'll get to your an answer to your question. It's really out of understanding what is the landscape that we have to navigate in our little nonprofit vessel here with the resources that we have. And if we're going to fulfill our mission, is there another nonprofit out there that is doing something perhaps similar or serving the same community or has is doing something even better than we are but we've got something that we do better than them. And so is there a way to bring together our, uh, our operations or our uh, ways of working together so that we can better serve that shared community from strength, not from weakness? Yep. Is there, is there a case study where you remember – or you, were you involved where there was a strategic partnership form between you know, two organizations? And you don't need to name their companies, of course, the, um, that you kind of share with us and, and tell us a little bit about what happened. Yeah, there's a, there's a number, actually. Uh, I'm, I've worked in healthcare a lot. And so there's a, in, uh, in Connecticut, there's, there's quite a number of nursing organizations. And uh, they all had slightly different perspectives and angles and, and memberships and all the rest. And it was, it was really kind of dividing all the, the same people, you know, they'd either have to, they'd have to choose between which association to belong to, because you can only sit on so many boards or be involved with so many. So uh, one of my colleagues actually was very instrumental in bringing these different associations together in a coalition 
so that they could align their events, their calendars, and certainly be more of a voice for nursing without being at odds with each other and find ways to create those synergies uh, without necessarily disbanding any of the organizations, but really finding their unique niches and then aligning their purposes together when they wanted to have more of an impact as a voice for nursing. So that's one example. And that that took some real, not only uh, strong visioning on the part of the boards, but a lot of relationship building and clarifying why this is that why this would be more advantageous than them all working separately. How did it work out? Uh, it seems to be working quite well. I mean, and they've, they've been able to not only get some synergies on that, although I haven't checked post-COVID to see what's going on, um, but they certainly are a stronger voice for nursing as a result of that. I think also of the League of Women Voters uh, in, where I live, and they have many different um, partnerships with other nonpartisan groups when they want to educate and register voters and bring candidates to the public and things like that. They, uh, this is a, pretty much an all-volunteer organization. So by partnering with other organizations that have similar missions, they or that they they partner. In this case, uh, recently they partnered with a media organization to sponsor some candidate forums. So it's finding organizations that have very different missions, but but that are, again are synergistic. The media organization needed content. The League of Women Voters needed to to host go go into the virtual space to do what they had up until then done in person. So they were their whole uh, proposition there was was sort of upgraded by the media group, and it was a very synergistic relationship. Now it didn't mean that the league became a legal partner with the media company. It was simply that they had in for this project that kind of synergy. So when we think of partnerships, they're not necessarily operational or organizational partnerships that uh, are 24-7 partnerships, but rather to think of where can we, where can we partner around a shared vision or shared purpose, a shared project, so that we can bring what we're really good at and, and then also partner with somebody who's really good at an organization that's very good at what they do. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, when you, I think when you're looking at strategic partnerships, you have to be pretty open-minded because there, there could be so many different creative ideas that come out of how two companies, uh, two, excuse me, organizations could, could uh, work together. Uh, I mean, I, mean I, could, I could really see where bringing an outside consultant like yourself in uh, could really accelerate the, the ideas of a strategic partnership. Yeah, I think that's that really smart companies do that because they recognize that they are caught in their own mindsets. And there's a lot of creativity and knowledge in the room, but it, either through the lack of process or just that they don't necessarily know how to have those high level uh, conversations and be humans being who they are, they often too quickly go to one idea or the loudest voice in the room or whoever has the most power and things like that. They, they miss the opportunity to really uh, go big before they go focused. 
The other challenge that often happens is you talked about creativity. There's usually way more ideas than can possibly be acted on. And this really requires a, a, a discipline, a discipline of any kind of leadership. And that is to be very clear about the focus of the business, whether it's nonprofit or for-profit. And that's where, and I'm going to go back to a, a, one of those business bestsellers, Good to Great by uh, Jim Collins. And, and what he brought forward was that notion of the hedgehog principle, where if you can imagine three intersecting circles, one circle representing what does the organization do better than any other organization in their region, perhaps. The other circle is what are they passionate about? What 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 does the organization? What is their where? What is their passion? And then the third circle is what drives their economic engine? Where's the money coming from? And so it's where those three circles actually intersect is where ninety nine percent of the time treasure. And talent should be focused because that's what, and Jim proved this in his studies, this is where the organizations that lasted put their focus. They didn't just pursue uh, a lot of creative, passionate ideas. They didn't just focus on what they were good at, and they didn't just focus on making money. They, they looked at where those three converged and were very disciplined in saying no no, we can't have a bake sale because that is not going to really drive our economic engine or that's not going to be the best use of our time. No, we can't uh, do a, a, a big conference because that's not really on mission. It's a great idea, but it's not on mission. No, we can't serve this this very needy uh, community because we don't have the resources for it. So they have to take a really good hard look first and foremost where do those three circles intersect? Really know their business, know what their mission is, and be willing to say no to ideas that don't fall into that sweet spot where those converge. And that's where the strategic partnership comes in, because when an organization is really good at something, and they are very passionate about it, and they in, in, in being passionate and good at what they do, and they are able then to attract and generate revenues, whether it's, it's uh, through donations or because they actually produce something, then they can go and find a partner that may help them operationally or in their branding or in their out, output or, what, or, or in their sponsorship because they are so well-defined. And I find that particularly with nonprofits in their big heartedness and in their creativity will often spread themselves way too thin and they don't do what they, they don't find what they're really best at, nor do they really attend to um, being creative around what drives their economic engine. They rely too much on fundraising. Then how can they be revenue generators? Yeah, I, I mean, I would think that the list, a lot of the listeners who are listening today are listening because, you know, because of the uh, COVID slash recession um, effect that it's going to have or having on their fundraising or the, the money that they get. And that's why they're listening and seeing that, you know, 
what how would strategic partnerships help them so that their organization survives um uh, you know are you did you have you seen that prior to covid where the strategic partnerships were uh, that were being formed were not about money so let me just be sure I'm understanding. So those partnerships weren't about fundraising per se, but it was, well, the example I gave earlier, the yeah, um, yeah. audience, it was an audience build with a partnership yeah. between the league and a media partner. Um, and so it's really, what does the nonprofit or mission driven organization, what does it need that it doesn't have in its expertise to serve or reach the audience that they are looking to serve and reach. And so maybe you're thinking outside of the nonprofit realm, what is it that, that you need? Let's just use uh, outreach or publicity or reputation build. Um, media companies need content. So what's the story? What is, you, what is your, your organizational story that is, is so meaningful that a media organization would want to partner with you on making that story, enlarging that story or amplifying that story. Um, is there, a, a, you know, there's, there's partnerships with between government and nonprofits, you know, so that's another whole area, but it, that is a partnership. There are, you know, government is needs to be able to deliver on its promise and it doesn't always have the ability to do so it's often partnering with nonprofits to actually deliver the services that and fund those services um, but they don't have the the people to do it so this is where uh, boards and staff have to be pretty savvy and being knowing what you can deliver better than anyone else because there is that focus and not trying to be all things to all people having a proven track record use you know making friends with metrics <laughs> you know using being able to tell a success story being able to prototype and and demonstrate uh, one's ability to you know an organization's ability to deliver on a promise so those are all things that you know to think outside the box of where where those partnerships can be coming from, and it doesn't have to be a permanent partnership. Look for those partnerships that that could be just you know one project at a time. Sponsors are often partners, you know, in that way. And and of course, you don't want to have to go out and generate different sponsorships all the time. But how can you build those long lasting sponsorships? The United Way certainly does that all the time. Mm, um, yeah. You know, through its membership, it, it's a coalition. And so uh, if there's a successful United Way, maybe there's a model there in that. Yeah. So, okay. So, you, so we started off talking about the idea that, you know, you got to look within your own organizations, do a SWOT analysis, so to speak, and kind of say, these are our strengths. These are the things that, you know, we're not so great at. Um, and then, you know, after you do that, then you kind of, what the next step is, do you sit there and you start well, to brainstorm next, a little bit? The next step really is, I would, the way I usually work, is to do that environmental scan. And, and this is where I've done, I've facilitated a very large-scale community event. We call it a leadership summit because if you want to attract high-level, creative, resourced thinkers – uh, in, in this case, we would, we would call it a leadership summit and we would be like two and a half, three hours and bring together up to a hundred 
people representing uh, stakeholders for, for the organization from all sectors, from, uh, from government, from business, from other nonprofit organizations, from media, from healthcare, you know, it, whatever, bringing those stakeholders together in a room and then using uh, World Cafe technology, which is essentially small discussion groups around different topics, around the trends and forces that are affecting whether it's the geographical region or the community that that the that the organization that the nonprofit is serving, gathering that information from all these different leaders. These are rich conversations. They're not solution oriented at this point. They're simply a data dump where people get to share what they know about what's what are those healthcare trends and forces, what are the education trends and forces and business, et cetera, economic, climate, political, all that. You get all gather that all that information and it's very exciting process and then um, can publish it back out to all the participants but it's essentially gathering this information for the board and the staff to do strategic planning because it enlarges their perspective it also puts them more on the same page and oh by the way you've invited in leaders who may in fact become strategic partners in the future because they are now invested in your nonprofit because they've come to this really wonderful two and a half, three hour event where all this information, these rich conversations happened. The board takes that information, reviews the, the SWOT analysis, does their visioning, and that's really going out uh, maybe five years and doing some big picture thinking and there's some processes that that get them there then do that sweet spot that that hedgehog those three intersecting circles so that the organization can really start to refine and redefine what they are and who they are and and see what what constraints they're going to put on themselves as far as what their focus is going to be and these are good constraints because it means you're not just going off doing all kinds of things and not doing it well. And then start to look around and say, well, we do this really well. We're passionate about it and we actually can be sustainable on this, but we could be even better or we could be more effective if we had a strategic partner, let's say in the media or a strategic partner that can do the back office stuff or the strategic partner that can do uh, social media, whatever, whatever, you know, you figure that part out, but it's because you have first really looked at your, at yourself, the, the organization itself, be willing to look at its strengths as well as its, its problems. Now, do you think that the executive director, um, is the one that is typically reaching after you've done all that work? Is it the executive director, uh, or is it somebody else who's usually then reaching out to some of the strategic partners that you think you've, you've identified? Mm. Well, the executive director would be responsible for putting together the business plan or the operational plan for that. But he or she should really be ready and the board should be ready to be deployed because you it may be talking to CEOs and you know other people that are um, – you know, very influential in the community and can really make things happen. And if you have a good board who recognize that their job is to uh, set the direction and uh, you know, assure the, the, the health and vitality of the organization, uh, they might be deployed because of contacts that they would bring in. It would be easier for the board once they are clear 
that this is what they're looking for. And, and yes, the executive director could be the one going out there and, and, and certainly should be involved, but it may be a board member that affects the introduction and should be really good at introducing people, you know, and you should have a board of people who are willing to uh, be visionary and, and have those kind of relationships in the community and then bring together the executive director with the CEO or the head of the bank or the whatever, you know, whoever can really make something happen. From your experience, and I think we've talked about three phases, right, um, of, of looking at strategic partnerships. Um, where do you think is the hardest phase? About strategic partners, about strategic, yeah. I I think as I hear myself talk about this in my own experience, it's really the fir- the first the first part that know thyself. You know, know yeah. the organization really understanding and being willing to be disciplined enough to not try to be all things to all people. And once once the organization has really defined itself and its direction and then has really good alignment between the board and the ED, that's a real partnership and people understand the role of the board being that, you know, that setting direction and assuring the, the, the financial vitality of the organization and, and the organization's reputation and being willing to really, uh, link arms with the ED and really be there for that person. Um, that's that's going to almost attract partnerships because then you're so clear. It's like, well, this is what we need and this is what we bring to the partnership. It's not going out there at a week in a, in a way in, in weakness. It's going out there in strength. Yeah. I really like what you said um, about, you know, the Jim Collins book. Um, it, that's a famous book, mm-hmm. you know, and, and using the three circles and, um, to really, you know, sometimes you do these projects and, and maybe you go in there with an intended purpose of the ideas, little, let's see if we can find some strategic partners involved. And that, that is your end game. But, but sometimes just doing the project itself helps you in other areas of your business that you weren't expecting. And the three circles that you're talking about, the know yourself, you know, sometimes you know, those projects, just if you do that phase, really pays off in other things that you didn't expect. Yep. Yep. So I think, you know, it's a good book. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Well, the process itself is one that I do that's a lot of fun. And it's just it's just putting flip chart up on the paper and, you know, flip chart paper up on the wall and, and putting a big radiant heart on one and putting a, a star on another. So the heart represents passion. The star represents excellence. What is this organization really excellent at? And then a dollar sign on the third one. And then just having people write down all those things on each one that they see the organization is really good at. And then finding where do those three uh, icons intersect. Where do on the heart one? Where do the stars and the dollar signs show up? And it's it's kind of an interesting thing. So you get a lot of cross pollination of ideas, uh, and it and it's it's very affirming. It's you you know so it's and it's a it's a great way to engage board and staff together, and then you have documentation as well. Right. So we have about two minutes mm-hmm. left. What, what else would you like to add to this uh, this idea of strategic partnerships so your nonprofit can survive? Yeah, well, 
again, coming from a place of strength, but again, having really done that, that homework of, of knowing, knowing the organization's strengths and then being more narrowly focused, then it's scanning and really going to partners with, with this is what we, this is what we bring. This is, and this is what we need. And then contracting, contracting. Oh yes. Contracting is very, very important so that it's really understood what the shared vision is and what those expectations are. Recognizing that contracts sometimes have to be adjusted for the realities as well as for any gaps in understanding. Contracts really can help clarify and strengthen those partnerships. And that would be true in any kind of a partnership, nonprofit, for-profit, marriages, you name it. <laughs> it's, yeah, always, yeah. it's always a good thing. And, and, and the act of putting a contract together, not just the legalese boilerplate, but truly sitting down and saying, what are we bringing to this? What are we wanting? And what, what are we doing together? Yeah. So, I mean, just to summarize the, the kind of the three steps that we talked about today is, um, and I'll use my words, mm-hmm. you know, is first one is know, know yourself. Mm-hmm. Second one is come up with more creative ideas and get everybody involved. And then the third one is execute on some of the ideas that, that you, that you uh, felt that were good ideas. Well, again, I would, I'm going to amend that a little bit. It's not just coming up with good ideas. This is what a lot of nonprofits where their downfall is. They come up with so many good ideas they can't execute or the board comes up with a lot of good ideas and the one or two people on the staff can't execute on it. So it's really applying that focus before uh, and and prioritizing around the mission around the purpose of the organization and some of those good ideas are going to have to be put in parking lots or literally fall off the plate because they are not they don't fit into that sweet spot where all three circles converge very good well, we'll have to leave it at that. That's excellent. And, you know, I would really like to thank you so very much, Ingrid, for, for uh, you know, talking to us about this. It, it, it was illuminating, really. And uh, um, if you like today's podcast um, for our listeners, please feel free to share it with a friend um, and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. If you liked uh, today's podcast, uh, please also feel free to give us a review um, those review helps get the word out to other nonprofit executive directors. I, I, uh, I am amazed at how many people are listening to the Nonprofit MBA podcast. It's very unique, and, and we have so many great guests like Ingrid. And, um, you know, of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your nonprofit, um, please feel free to visit our website at nonprofitmbapodcast.com or call us at 862-207-4118. Ingrid, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they reach you? Yeah, well, email is ingrid at bredenbergassociates.com. That's B-R-E-D-E-N-B-E-R-G, associates, all one word, dot com. Or probably LinkedIn is just the easiest um, under my name, Ingrid Bredenberg. And I look forward to hearing from anybody who's curious and wants to know more. Great. Thank you, Ingrid, again for being on today. Thank you, Stephen. It was a pleasure. And I'd like to thank all our listeners um, uh, in, in particular. Thank you for making the world a better place. We certainly need that nowadays. And um, your leadership and the work that you do, I know, is noticed by everyone. So 
keep at it, keep at the, keep up the hard work. We need you. We need you to be strong. And hopefully today's podcast about strategic partnerships have given you some new ideas. Everybody have a great day and stay safe.